Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. The Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds here at South Point Casino in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Wes, happy Tuesday to you. I know that you went to a concert Sunday night because you and I were doing a show together over at Circa. How was said concert? It was uh, fabulous. It was a Yacht Rock review based out of Atlanta, GA. They were at the House of Blues at the Mandalay Bay. So it was good to have like two hours of nostalgia, you know, good. And it's not pure yacht. A lot of it is just like pop from the 70s and the 80s. And, you know, a couple hours of good fun. I, I did not quite lose my voice, but because it's got to we be were, a lot of singing along, right? We were, we were grooving a little bit, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, you know, good to you know hear the classics of that age and play a diverse set, a little Steely Dan, oh, yeah. a little Christopher Cross, a little Jackson Brown. So, uh, good time had by all. On Sounds night. like a good time. Good to have you back on Tuesday. Of course, we got a big show for you today. Uh, here on the Lombardi line, not the Will Hill, but he is really the Will Hill. That's you can follow him on Twitter. Will Hill's going to join us in hour number one, the King of New York. We'll talk all things baseball. He's got some plays that he likes today. We'll get his selections out. And in hour number two, uh, my buddy from high school, Carl Paulson, is going to rejoin the program. Of course, you listen to him on Sirius XM Radio. Of course, former PGA Tour player. So much to talk about in the world yeah, of golf. Big doings today in Delaware, by the way. My uh, goodness. The big cat getting off that Gulfstream G550 for that play. Players only meeting, so uh, be interested to get Carl's thoughts on that. And what do you, before we we get to really dive deep into that with Carl, what are, what are your thoughts on that with the player only meeting? Because they've been having a lot of these mm-hmm. lately. We understand why with the advent of Live Golf and everything that's going on there. Cameron Smith, by the way, uh, who has not officially reported, he's not going to play in the second leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Yeah, he's got a lingering a hip injury. Uh, and I, his agent, which was interesting, wasn't it? That that mm-hmm. after the the circus on Sunday with the two shot penalty which has been so much consternation about in the last 48 hours in the world of golf. 
and then he doesn't talk to the media, and then he says, I'm out with a hip. I'm not saying he's not hurt. It's just the timing of it right. is very interesting. Yeah, it is. And, and look, I think Tiger is coming there. At least that's my read on it, that he's coming in to say, okay, fellas, uh, you know, hey, let's stick together. Let's stay the course. Because I think Tiger has kind of, uh, you know, in a very nice way, has kind of made his feelings uh, known no about doubt. this Live Golf Tour and the PGA Tour and the value of the PGA Tour. So I think he's just kind of trying to say, okay, stay on the same page. Because his opinion, even though he's not out there on a week-to-week basis anymore, his opinion carries more weight than anybody in the game. So, you know, I think a lot of it is going to be these guys sitting there and shutting up and listening to what he has to say. And you're exactly right. And the, the wild thing about it, for those of us that go way back to the Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson days in the 90s, they were kind of like the two rivals, right? And then they became buddies. It seemed like towards the end of their career, mm-hmm. at least towards the end of the of their dominance in golf, and now they might be at, at opposite odds again now, obviously, with Phil Mickelson back at live. That is something that Tiger does not like. So it'll be very interesting to hear how that all plays out. But I'm right there with you. When Tiger speaks, the tour mm-hmm. listens. So we'll hear from Carl and see what that is all about. We do have some reports. Obviously, the, the big suspension in the NFL. We keep waiting to find out what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. We know he's got at least six games. We know that the league has said that's not good enough. So we're going to go ahead and see if we can get that to be a full season. The other shoe to drop is down in New Orleans with Alvin Kamara. And we don't know exactly what's going to be be, uh, the issue here with his uh, battery case. It's a felony battery case. But this is what um, we're hearing, according to Adam Schefter out of ESPN, that, quote, there's a real chance that the status is not going to affect his availability this season. I know you're a Saints backer. Forget about the, the legalities of it. From a from a betting perspective, that's huge news potentially for New Orleans. Yeah, I think absolutely so. Because, look, I, I was high on them, expecting maybe Camara was going to get four games, yeah. perhaps the start of the season. Uh, that was an incident, by the way, that happened here Pro Bowl mm-hmm. weekend, I believe, at Dre's nightclub on the Las Vegas Strip. Not to give them bad publicity, but I think everybody kind of knows yep. where it occurred. And, look, uh, you know, the Saints this year, they did commit to Jameis Winston for a couple years. He is going to be the guy, so he doesn't have to worry about Taysom Hill necessarily. And, you know, I don't think Dennis Allen is near as married to play in Taysom Hill at quarterback as Sean Payton was. So you not only get that, you get Michael Thomas back. He's looked very good in camp, looks healthy. You add Chris Olave in the draft. You add Jarvis Landry, a nice sneaky under-the-radar free agent mm-hmm. signing from Cleveland. And all of a sudden, you got a Saints offense that has the potential to be a lot more potent than it's been in the last couple of years. So... I think commingling that with what you would think is going to be an upper level top five to top 10 defense in the NFL. That's what they've been the last couple of years. Dennis Allen now takes over as the head coach. So there's still that continuity within the organization. So I think, you know, if you look, if Kamara doesn't miss any time because there's a little bit of a depth issue at running back, you have Mark Ingram back with the saints, but still Kamara is the guy that's the game changer and he's the guy that's the game breaker. But, you know, you're bringing in basically two receivers last year that when you combine Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry had about a little less than 2,900 yards, 15 touchdowns between them. And that was from the uh, 2019 season. So, you know, if they can even come close to that production, I think this team, you know, is still very undervalued by the market. Keep in mind The New Orleans Saints last year won nine games with dissension in the ranks. There was some dissension between the coach, Sean Payton, and the club. Mm -hmm. There was also the fact that you had four different quarterbacks start a game last year. You had Winston, you had Taysom Hill, you had Trevor Simeon, and you had Ian Book. 
And this team still won nine games, and yet you're looking at them under eight and a half, and all of a sudden with Tampa Bay, there's a little bit of chink in the armor. Tom Brady's away for a week and a half. The offensive line has had some injuries. Some of the receivers have been getting lightly banged up in camp. So, you know, Tampa Bay is still the rightful favorite here, but I don't think that there's as much of a gap as the market does between Tampa and New Orleans and, and the South. And Tampa Bay fully loaded Tampa Bay. The Saints and Dennis Allen, that defense, they always pose problems for Tom Brady, uh, whether or not they're ready to go or not. So even the, the best Tampa Bay version, mm-hmm. the Saints seem to rise to the challenge uh, of yeah, playing Yeah, they've had Tom. their number in the regular mm-hmm. season. Didn't quite have it in the playoffs right. last year. But I just think that the Saints, they can start fresh with the new coach, with the new voice, even though it's been a voice there on the defense, certainly with Dennis Allen. I know Dennis Allen's first tenure as a head coach did not go very well. But I think the second time around, there's at least – you know, a little bit more of a plan and no at doubt. least a little bit more of a setup for success with this roster. And when he was the head coach of the Raiders back then, Dennis Allen was the youngest head coach in the NFL. That won't be the case, even though he's still uh, pretty young uh, in terms of head coaches out there in the league. When you look at the rest of the Saints profile, the, the, I guess the biggest question I would have, because I'm with you, I think eight and a half right now, uh, plus a dollar here at BetMGM, it feels like pretty good value for a team that, as you mentioned, won nine games last year. So, yeah, Sean Payton's gone. We understand that. But it should still be a defense-first football team. On the offensive side, side, the questions about Jameis Winston, are they put to bed for you? Look, he was having a really good year under Sean Payton last year until he had the leg injury toward the ACL and he was done for the season. We've heard coming back, maybe he's got some issues injury-wise going into this season. Do you worry that Jameis Winston now... Has he turned the page for you from what you saw briefly before the injury last year? Because he did look good. I don't know if he's quite turned the page, but I don't think this is a guy that's like, oh, my God, you know, he doesn't have the ability to start in the league anymore. I I think he clearly does. Uh, It's just, look, there are sometimes you're going to have to live with some things. Now, the year where he threw 30 touchdowns and, like, 30 interceptions. The 30 for 30. Yeah. The human 30 for 30. You don't don't want that. You, You at least hope that there's been some progress made and at least with some good coaching over the last couple of years that it's like, okay, he's not the same guy as he was, but you are, it's kind of like a shooter. You know, you're going to have to live with some bad shots. Sometimes you're going to have to live with them. Okay. He tried something there and he saw something and it didn't really happen. But you look at last season, 2021, he did start seven games, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions, so that's great 11, ratio. 70. Now the completion percentage needs to be better. 59%. I think a lot of that too was the fact that they didn't have Michael Thomas there. Yeah. And, and you know, you didn't have your like one real go-to guy. So you had a lot of number two and a lot of number three receivers kind of functioning as the number one receiver. So I would expect that you are going to see at least somewhat, I don't want to say a leap, but you're at least going to see a hop from, from last year. And I think the decision-making improved. You just want to see the accuracy be a little bit better. I mean, when you go back to the 30 for 30 year, I, I, I don't know if people can fully understand and comprehend how bizarre that is in the NFL, mm-hmm. right? To be able to do that, to potentially yeah. lead the league in touchdowns and interceptions. He led the league also in uh, pass attempts and yards at 5109, but you said the 30 for 30 that last year in Tampa 2019, 33 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. Unbelievable. Keep in mind with that club too, and he, and he was also sacked 47 times that year, so there's a reason why he had those high numbers because he was playing from behind all the time. Yeah. Now, playing with New Orleans, this is a defense that can get a lead for you. Yeah. And and you're not having to really do that. And especially going back to what we were talking about at the top here, if Alvin Kamara is good and ready Ooh. to go, 
then it's like, okay, you know, we got that lead. We can run the ball in the fourth quarter. I don't have to be chucking and ducking pretty much all the time. Uh, again, that was the Bruce Arians era back in Tampa Bay, too, when Jameis yeah, was there. Yeah, risk it for the biscuit. There you go. So you're taking shots down the field. But I, I just look at that, and I go, 30 interceptions in one season. I don't know. Now, again, we have a 17-game season, so you might see that here for a starting quarterback. That could happen. But that is an anomaly. And when you look at, say, Aaron Rodgers – it might take him five years mm-hmm. to have 30 picks. Yeah. I mean, that's, he did it in one season. That is remarkable. But again, 14 to three, the touchdown to interception ratio last year before the injury. If the Saints can get closer to that, not only do they, I think, easily get over that nine win total, then possibly the NFC South at plus 350 against Tom Terrific and the Bucks could be in play yeah. if he can really cut down the turnovers. This is a team, I think, at plus 120 or maybe a little bit above. Check your store yeah. uh, for the best number. But I think that they are going to make the playoffs here. Now, do I want to get involved in the NFC South? I don't know if I'm ready to do that yet. But I think the pieces are in place. The fact that they face so much adversity and still won nine games, the schedule looks relatively manageable. For and Saints. week one against the Saints, excuse me, against the Falcons, the Saints on the road, they're a sizable favorite already in week one. So they should be able to get off the good foot uh, if the numbers out here in Vegas correlate to what actually happens come week number one of the NFL. When we come back, preseason, fake football, real points, real money to be made as well. We'll discuss why all the points so far in the preseason. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Back alongside Wes Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. A little bit later on in this hour, Will Hill is going to join us from New York City. And then we'll catch up with our guy Carl Paulson on the PGA Tour before this big players-only meeting on tour with Eldrick Woods who will be the uh, MC, if you will. He'll be doing all the talking. I'm sure the players will be doing all the listening as Live Golf keeps invading uh, the PGA Tour. So we'll have Carl's thoughts on that. And the second leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs does begin on Tuesday. And we'll get his thoughts on that tournament as well. But in NFL preseason, we, we get ready now for week number two in earnest in the preseason. You look back to week one and the Hall of Fame game, which was the, you know, the first game for the Raiders as they're going to play one extra game this year because of playing in that Hall of Fame. And so far, the overs are 14-3. and three. Out of 17 games played so far, overs have been cashing, cashing, cashing. So if you played them blindly in the first week, you were very profitable. Now you look at the totals coming out in week two of the preseason, and I wonder if this is the, the revenge of the books. And we're going to go ahead and move these numbers up and see if you still have the gumption to take the over just as a general philosophy. And I know Steve Mackinnon does a great job of the network. We talked about it last week. He's got key numbers, 37 in the preseason for Steve, Mm -hmm. that when you see them go north of that, you really should take some caution. When you see them under that total of 37, that's when you really might want to think about playing those overs. Do you generically look at it that way, Wes, or do you look at these line moves now because of so many points in week one and say, wait, this is an over-adjustment in week two. I think there's a couple reasons, too. And keep in mind, not all of these games, there are 16 games here in the week two of preseason. And I was just kind of taking a little real quick inventory based on what the opener is and what the market consensus is right now. Mm-hmm. And I think like nine have moved to the over, maybe 10 have moved to the under, and then about six or seven or six or seven have moved to the under. The majority have moved to the over, but it hasn't been across the board because I think a lot of it, too, is that most of these openers, what were the openers last week? Low to mid-30s, basically. Yeah. And most of them are now 40 or above. And so, yeah, you've seen some moves to the over given, you know, perhaps a pattern of what we've seen in week one. Most of this movement is always not necessarily trend-based. I think it's Mm information-based in terms of the fact that, you know, what are coaches saying? What are teams saying? Okay, the starters are going to play, you know, a full quarter, or they're going to play three or four series, or they're only going to play one series, or they're going to be like the Chiefs where it's like the Chiefs kind of do what they do. The starters play the first quarter, the second unit plays the second quarter, and then so on and so forth for the rest of the game. So – I think a lot of that is what we saw last week. It's already been taxed, I think, into the number. And you've seen some of these totals continue to move. And that these are usually, you know, when these come out on Monday morning, these are usually sharper guys. These aren't your average Joes necessarily betting this, but they might be betting this over to these overs too, because they think, okay, the numbers are going to move. So I want to get the best number. And then maybe as we get closer to game day or game time, 
we could come back on the other side and have a little bit of buyback here because these totals, look, could fall into the middle. If you've got something that opens 39 and it closes 43 or 43 and a half, right. then, yeah, maybe I'll try to middle and try to see if it'll hit on a 41 or a 40 or 42, even though those totals in the old days used to be considered dead numbers, but almost nothing or hardly anything <laughs> is a dead number anymore. Number one, because of what we see in the regular season with, you know, the missed PATs and going for two and just the way that the league plays out in terms of how, how offense is played in this league and how the game is officiated. I'll get to that in a moment, but that's what happens is, you know, you get a lot of these funky numbers, you know, you don't necessarily get the key numbers, the key numbers on the totals in the old days, you know, in the, 90s, early to mid 2000s were always 37 and 41. Yep. Well, now, because of the way the game is officiated, the way the game is played, you know, if it's being more of a passing league, I think certainly than a running league, and the way it's also officiated. And we talked about that with the legal contact. Uh, mm -hmm. That is going to be a point of emphasis, or I forget the term. It's not point of emphasis, but it's something in that vein. You know, it just kind of reminds me a little bit of college basketball when they call the hand checking in November and December, and then they get in a conference play, and then it's like, eh, we're just going to officiate <laughs> it normally. But nevertheless, last week, we had 15 illegal contact flags thrown in week one of the preseason. You only had 36 in all of the regular season last year Jeez. in 2021, by the way, the way the competition committee refers to it is points of clarification, not points of emphasis, but uh, nevertheless, uh, they've done this twice before where it's like, okay, we're going to make this a real point of clarification. Like I think in 2014, you had 148 illegal contact flags and there was only 52 the year before. And then I remember back in 2004, there was 191 called when you only had 79 called the previous year. And I remember that year very well because the guy that was the head of the competition committee that year was one Bill Polian, who is the president mm -hmm. and GM of the Indianapolis Colts. And the reason why that came in, if you watch that AFC championship game, remember when, uh, remember when Ty law was uh, depending on what term you want to call it, maybe oh, mugging yeah. Marvin Harrison. Oh, yeah. He was certainly banging Marvin Harrison, number 88 for the Colts around. Physical. Yes, absolutely. And look, that threw the whole Colts offense off because that's so predicated on timing between Manning and Harrison and Manning and the rest of his receivers. And look, it was a big reason why the Colts got, got their butts beat in that mm -hmm. AFC championship game against new England. So you know, you're going to see this. I want to see how long this point of or point of uh, clarification, shall we say. I want to say how long that they call this. Is, are they going to commit to this throughout the rest of the season? Or are they going to be like, you know, wait, we get to like the middle. Okay, we're back to normal. We're living in an era where we just change the meaning of words. It is a point of emphasis. It's exactly what you said it is. The league can call it whatever they want to call it. When you give the numbers of what they're doing in enforcement so far in preseason, again, it might not translate all the way to the regular season, but they're doing it now to make a point. And that is now playing into these totals that you're seeing in preseason football. So they can call whatever the mm -hmm. hell they want to call it. They're calling this penalty yeah. a lot more than they ever have before, and they're doing it for a reason. And, and I know some might think, oh, big deal, five yards. Well, it's an automatic first, first down. down, and you can continue a drive. So I think that is maybe at least part of the reason. I don't want to you know, say it was the whole reason for the scoring being up in week one. But I that think, is a part. Yeah. Yeah. I think another reason maybe why the scoring was up in week one is because contact is usually limited now a lot 
lot more than it ever has You're not been tackling in training yet. camp because uh, I know, you know, you see these little videos from the various beat reporters or the various blogs that cover these teams across the country. And, oh, Tua threw this great pass, and it was against no defense. So the offense gets to have timing, you know, where they mm-hmm. get to just work reps or seven-on-seven seven or very light contact, and you're not doing as much hitting. So that, in my opinion, affects the defense more than it does the offense because, you know, defense, you know, you already got a little bit of handcuff action going on there. So the fact that they can't hit as much or the contact is a lot lighter, I think there's something to be said for that. And then one more point why I think the scoring might be a little bit up is because the first week of the preseason, you only had, I believe, four teams. So you only had two joint practices. Right. Because that's what they're doing now. They're doing these joint practices where they practice against each other and they hit the a Dolphins little bit. Dolphins and Buccaneers. Yeah, for yep. two or three days. I think it was one over and one under. Dolphins, Buccaneers went over. But mm-hmm. this uh, week, I believe you're having 16 teams. So half the leagues are doing this joint practices. So that's where I think maybe the scoring is going to be slightly under what is expected just because you get to work against each other. It's not like these teams are opening the whole playbook, but at least you see something in live action or you're taping these practices and maybe you watch a film. The coaches get together later in the evening when practice is done and now guys have gone home or back to the dorm or wherever and they could see something on film. So you would expect because of that, just because you've had live action in a practice or in a scrimmage with another team that they're going to be a little bit more prepared this time around on defense the highest total for the first 17 games here so far in the preseason was last week's Raiders and Vikings game 38 and a half it went over 26 to 20 mm-hmm. the lowest total this week that was the highest total out of those first 17 games the lowest total so far this week is 37 and a half so those adjustments are being made so right now the ceiling from week one is now the floor almost in week number two. So if you do start looking for what Wes is talking about, you get those numbers early and those lines move in your favor. You might want to look for some of those middle opportunities. And and one of the lines that we mentioned, I think it's the Monday night game, August 22nd next week, it's Atlanta and the jets that has moved to the under. And that's a lot of injury because Zach Wilson is not going to play. So it's pretty much going to be Flacco and money. Mike white, the rest of the game, unless the jets sign another quarterback, you know, just to get some reps just for insurance. So some of these, you know, all of these basically move on information, you know, in terms of, I don't think it's trends necessarily what we saw last week. That's already priced in a number. The rest of the moves are on information based on what the rotations are going to be. Absolutely stunned after week one, Jimmy G is still in San Francisco because these injuries are happening. As Mm -hmm. you mentioned, Zach Wilson, but it looks like he might only be out two to four weeks there in New York. We'll talk about that a little bit with Will Hill later on in the program as well. When we come back, let's talk about the Roy's. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Some good numbers you might find out there. Come on back. The Lombardi Line here on the Cindy Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN College Football Guide is out now, and our new NFL guide drops next week. Our experts provide profiles on every team with team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Remember, the only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VEASAN all-access subscriber. Sign up now for the discounted football special and get all access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter 
all year long. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Back alongside Wes Reynolds, who does great work on those college and football pro betting guides. I am Dave Ross. I mentioned, did you you watch Game of Thrones, right? A little bit. I a have little not bit. gone. What do you mean a little bit? I have bit? not gone through it, though. I know that you're in the midst of. Are you watching? Because I got another one of these dragon yes. shows coming out on HBO. I'm not sure what the hell the name of it is, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's a prequel, or sequel to it. But I'm trying because the first time around I watched it, I was so confused. Like when I say a little bit, you know, like the occasional, which is not the right way to watch a show like that, obviously, because I'm a totally lost in yeah, terms of. Well, I was lost. That's why I'm watching it again. And I mentioned in season seven, they jump from place to place rather quickly, mm-hmm. which you normally you can't do in an hour of watching on TV. Yes. I think Will Hill is a part of that because I mentioned he's coming to us from New York. Will is here. He's mm-hmm. here in Las Vegas. So New York to Vegas in the span of 30 minutes that we've been doing the show. So I don't know. He's got Tiger's uh, G550 Gulfstream. Uh, Tiger's already landed, so now Will is able to borrow the plane. So he'll be joining us here in studio later on this hour. Looking forward to have Will here on the set with us, Wes. Let's talk about the Roys, the Offensive Rookie of the Year and the odds. Now, one of these, the guy that's the biggest leap so far is a point of consternation for me. Because you remember in the draft – uh, leading up to the draft, and all those wide receivers are going to be taken. Yes. Right? What was it, seven in the first round? Yes. So, you know, we got some sharps out here. We just had the bear on, does great work at ESPN with my buddy uh, Tyler Fulgham over there. And Tyler and I were on George Pickens. And the, I believe the over-under was 37 and a half. We're mm-hmm. like, we got to take the under. This kid out of George is so talented. We, he didn't go under. I lost that wager. He went over. And now, who's all the rave at camp? Yes. George Pickens. So it looks like the Steelers might have gotten the steal so far. Look at those numbers. He's up to 10 to 1. Now, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas with Tennessee, he's been kind of the biggest camp disappointment. I've seen him as high as 20 to 1, by the way, in the market, Traylon Burks. And what you mentioned about Pickens. Now, when you look at the production last year in Georgia, not much because keep in mind he did tear his ACL last spring. So he missed most of his junior season. Only played the final four games of the year, caught five passes, but did have a 52-yarder in that national title game. Uh, the Georgia Bulldogs getting the uh, CFP National Championship trophy. And Pickens, I think maybe because of those injury concerns, first-round grade, but drifted down to the second round. I think he went number 52 overall in the second round of the Steelers. But you're absolutely right, because I you know, was following a little bit on the Twitter machine during that game on Saturday where Pittsburgh beat Seattle. And just looking at that, I was seeing a lot of tweets of Juju who (laughs) I was seeing a lot of that really with Pittsburgh. So, uh, you know, George Pickens, maybe a little bit of Chris Carter vibes a little bit, made a couple nice grabs along the sidelines, but he's been cut already. What is he? Is that 10 to one here? Better GM already. I've seen him actually, I think circus sports had him at seven to one. So these are going to move very quickly. These award markets here this time of year. And I know we've had Brian McFadden on plenty of times. uh, Our buddy from the two time Super Bowl champion, Pittsburgh Steelers. He's been texting me from camp saying this dude's the real deal. Like they, it's not just the media and the fans Mm -hmm. getting excited about George, the players that are watching him that know are like, this kid is different. So I don't know if he's going to jump in all the, you know, all of a sudden. I know that you look at it and go, well, is it going to be Mitch Trubisky? Is mm-hmm. it going to be Kenny Pickett, who's the shortest number on the board at eight to one after what you saw from Pickett? So I, you have to look at playing opportunities here too. A lot of going to get a lot of it. Uh, Brees Hall certainly as well with the Jets. Sky Moore is an interesting name at ten to one. 
Now, again, that's that Kansas City offense. I'm yeah. not saying he can be Tyreek Hill, but would you, if you had to go position, would you go with the receivers where you get more volume or with a quarterback or with that one lone running back? Yeah, you probably have to go to the receivers because that's most of the market. We mentioned Pickens, obviously, has been a guy that has drifted based on what we've seen in terms of preseason production. But another guy, Romeo Dobbs yes. uh, with Green Bay uh, out of uh, University of Nevada. He's been 80 catches, his. 1109, 11 touchdowns in his senior season. He's a big guy, six foot two, 204, so really good size. Christian Watson is the guy that got the buzz, mm-hmm. the second round pick over out of North Dakota State. And I, I think he's going to be very good at time. But if you look at the training camp noise, and keep in mind, a lot of it is noise, but it's been, you know, basically rave reviews for Romeo Dobbs. And I, I think that this is a guy that has a lot of potential. I liked him out of college. I was surprised that, you know, he went the second, you know, I think it was fourth round. That That's where he got drafted. I didn't think that. You know, I thought he was a second-round talent at least. So, Well, I look at the Packers, and my – look, I think you're going to learn quickly that the Packers this year might be a defense-first team. I know with Aaron Rodgers, you never think of the Packers that way. I think they have a top-five unit defensively, right? Mm-hmm. I was concerned about the wide receiving core because Aaron sometimes can be a bit temperamental. He's an interesting sort. And I don't know if he wants to take the time to teach these young kids – but when you look at the two studs, if, if, if Dobbs is going to be a stud, I don't know if he is, but he is turning heads as a camp. Am I, should I not be as concerned about this wide receiving core? Because it looks like they got some guys holding the tooth, and then they got this blend of two young rookies that might surprise. There's still some development that needs to be done, and I'll go back to Dobbs here. He did have a 33-yard touchdown catch, yeah. but he also, you know, he's a rookie, he a and drop. you're going to have mistakes. He had two drops. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did get seven targets on basically 15 routes, and keep in mind also he's working with Jordan Love. He was not working with Aaron Rodgers. Who We're not going to see. by the way? Jordan Love looked capable. Yeah, he did. He had his moments. I think he had three interceptions, but two of them really weren't his fault. Right. One of them was off a of receiver's hands. One of them was a bad throw, but clearly that's not who you want out there. If you're green Bay, you're going to want 12 out there. He's not going to be out there though till week one against Minnesota. Okay. Let me just, just off a tangent here, put a GM hat on right now. You have it on. I have it on. Okay. What if I called you right now and said, I want Jordan love. Could I get a first round pick for Jordan love? No. So, so you're telling me the Packers did not get the full, full value of that no, first round pick? No, they did not. I think at this standpoint, and look, all it takes is just one impression. Remember, That's it. Remember that Kansas City game where, Ooh. you know, they covered that big number because obviously How it got in inflated. They cover when, that yeah, number? yeah, yeah, and they had to backdoor it late, too. I think they were down 13 and nothing yeah. because that's when the Chiefs were kind of having some issues on offense at that point in the season. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got in the backdoor, got a fourth-quarter touchdown. But Jordan Love, when you looked at him, there was a lot of okay – what do we have here? He hasn't gotten any better. He hasn't really developed in terms of where we drafted him. But uh, going back to the Green Bay receivers, you're right. They do have a couple guys long in the tooth, the Cobbs. And, you know, Lazard's a little older. I don't think Lazard's washed up by any stretch of the imagination. But you can tell Watson and Dobbs are really the future of that team. When I look at the uh, the rookie performances from the quarterback position in, in preseason week number one, I mean, obviously, I think the one that stands out is the one in Pittsburgh because they're going to look at Kenny Pickett and go, my goodness, 13 to 15, 95 yards, two tutties, great comeback win. I know it doesn't mean anything against Seattle in Pittsburgh. Crowd's going nuts. Place pops when he jumps in there. There's a couple other performances that I think flew a little bit below the radar that I want to get your thoughts on. That would be in the ATL with Desmond Ritter, Uh, 10 to 22 for 103 and two touchdowns as well. And then the one in D.C., 
And this is the one that really might intrigue me the most mm-hmm. because I don't know how you feel about Sam Howell, but he had a pretty good game. Again, it's meaningless. They come back, they beat Carolina. He throws for two touchdowns there. When I look at the quarterback competitions, right, there is a real one in Pittsburgh that looks like a three-headed monster. We believe Mitchell Trubisky is, has the inside track. No disrespect to Marcus Mariota, because I interviewed him when he was coming out of Oregon after he won the Heisman Trophy. Love the kid. He's not a kid anymore. But that's who Desmond Ritter's competing against. Right. And Sam Howe's going up against Carson Wentz, and you as a Colt fan know all about that. It feels like there's a better pathway, possibly, for the ATL in, in D.C. to win a job more so well, maybe than in Pittsburgh. And right I'll away. start with Ritter first. I think they wanted to get a look. By the way, Ritter played a lot in the first half, and then they brought him in for that game-winning drive on, on the last drive. But they want to see what they have with Ritter in Atlanta because I think most uh, observers or most prognosticators think this team is going to be pretty bad. Right. And that this team is going to be in the mix for, you know, a top five pick next year in the draft, depending on where we believe the top two quarterbacks are going to be Bryce Young out of, out of Alabama and CJ Stroud out of Ohio state and whatever order you like them in, but there's going to be several quarterbacks that appear to have at least an early first round grade. So it's like, we got to get a look at Ritter at least to see if he can be our guy or do we want to get in that sweepstakes with all these quarterbacks? So I think you're seeing that in Atlanta from the the Sam Howell perspective. This was a guy whose draft stock, I think, dropped a little mm-hmm. bit because North Carolina had a bad year. And one of the reasons they had a bad year is because he got hit way too much. And he, I just think that the expectations got too high down there. Yeah, they were talking Heisman Trophy at the beginning of last year. That mm-hmm. faded quickly week one in Blacksburg last year when they lost to Virginia Tech. All right, when we come back, I mentioned time travel. He's here. Will Hill is in studio. He's not in New York City. He's still doing the New York City cast. He's got some plays in baseball and maybe sneak in one in the world of golf and maybe a New York guy that he likes this week. We'll discuss with Will Hill. He joins us next in studio here in the Lombardi Line on Vison, the Sports Betting Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Billy Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline.
Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. p.m. Book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. The action never stops at BetMGM. Sign up now using the bonus code VSTIN1000, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. BetMGM state-of-the-art app offers a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, daily boosted odds specials, and much, much more. No matter what your favorite sport is, you're going to find out while nothing beats a win at the king of sportsbooks. Simply download the BetMGM app today. Go to MGM.com, enter the bonus code VSTIN1000 to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is now withdrawable. Free bets are site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada or New York. Back alongside Wes Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi on, and what a treat it is for us, Wes. Because we get joined in studio by the king of New York out in Las Vegas. He is Will This Hill. is not a green screen. No, this he is here. In the flesh. He has somehow made it here in the last 35 minutes. Uh, Will, great to have you here. You mentioned uh, traveling from New York to getting into Vegas. Not the easiest travel schedule for you? Oh, man, it was just brutal. Leaving Sunday morning, you know, 2 o'clock, getting up early. Layovers, delays. You're you know, not flying the got, team charters with the Yanks or the Mets? Got, got here the second <laughs> inning of the Yankees and the Red Sox game. So it was a <laughs> long journey, you know, betting soccer at 6 in the morning during layovers just to have something to do. Uh, but I'm here. I'm here. And uh, first bet was Braves last night. So I got kind of an easy winner as uh, as I faded your Mets. As that was uh, uh, early round knockout as Strider got his revenge. And you like uh, the Braves again against the Metropolitans. We were talking before we came on here. And not that there's danger lurking here, but this is a huge series for the Braves, and so far they're off on the right foot. Yeah, Mets have some cushion. Get, look, give the Braves credit. The Mets beat them 4 out of 5 last week. It looked like a knockout punch, 7 in the loss column. Well, the Braves haven't lost since. It's been 7 in a row that the Braves have won. Mm. Uh, they buried Boston. They beat Miami 4 in a row. And then, of course, they win last night. I think the Mets just need one. Now, I do like the Braves tonight. Walker against Morton. I don't trust Walker against a good lineup. It's one thing against Washington or the yeah. Cubs or the Marlins. Uh, he got bombed that Friday night start against the Braves like 10 days ago. I like the Braves here. I just trust Morton in a big spot. Uh, but look, you got Scherzer tomorrow. You got DeGrom going Thursday. You just need one. That would hold it at four in the loss column. The Mets' schedule is very easy the rest of the way. After they clear this series, they do have four versus Philly this weekend. Then they get two against the Yankees. After that, it's a lot of Rockies and Pirates and Nationals. So uh, a four-game lead this late with this schedule, you trust this Mets team a little more. I know Mets fans have been burned in the past. We were just talking about 07, oh 08. But there's a different feel with Scherzer and with Showalter. Uh, that being said, though, I do like the Braves tonight. Morton versus Walker, You know, about a dollar forty-five favorite. I do like Atlanta. Charlie Morton, by the way, has kind of come around a little bit. Struggled early yeah. in the season. He's been inconsistent, but... 50 strikeouts in his last 42 and two-thirds innings, so he's still missing some bats a little bit. So I'm not in disagreement with Will on this one, but Will, the topic of baseball in New York right now is the <laughs> Mets kind of continue to roll along a little bit. 
are the New York Yankees who are not rolling along, or if they're rolling, they're rolling downhill. <laughs> Just uh, they got shut out last night by Jalen Beeks and the Rays in Yankee Stadium. It's going to be a nasty nester uh, against Springs tonight. What do you like in the Bronx? Well, it's never a good thing when we're sitting here on a Tuesday and the Yankees haven't scored a run since Saturday. <laughs> yeah, and it's three runs in their last 53 innings. They've all been driven in by Kiner Falefa, who look. You can go down the line. You can just pick anyone. Hicks has not had an extra base hit since July 9th. Oh, my. Kiner Falefa just hit his first home run the other night. Donaldson's given him nothing. Donaldson's batting fourth. Torres has slumped. Uh, it, it's a situation where they were playing great early in the year, but now with Stanton out, with LeMahieu out, they just don't have the depth. You remember those late 90s, early 2000s Yankee teams? You know, they would have Cecil Fielder coming off the bench, Ruben Sierra, yeah. Daryl Strawberry. They don't have that. They've gone cheap here. They don't have the depth. You know, they passed on Corey Seager this winter. They passed on Machado uh, a few winters back. They just don't have that deep roster they're used to having. Uh, their offense is downright offensive lately. They can't score. They can't hit. I think they're overvalued again tonight. Uh, you know, you could split your bet. Take take the Rays plus one and a half minus $1.40. Take them plus one, 145 on the money line. I'll probably play both of them, you know, for half a unit. I do like Tampa here tonight. Well, I know one of the things you've been pointing out with the Yankees is the fact that the bullpen has been playing musical chairs, mm -hmm. and they're still kind of doing that. But all of a sudden, late last week, we saw a couple good outings from Aroldis Chapman. Do you think he goes back to that closer role by the time we get to the playoffs? Oh, anybody listening in the New York, in the New York area here is just <laughs> nauseous at the idea, but it's possible. And, and that's probably the biggest concern right now with the Yankees. Holmes has been so great all year. They need Holmes to be Holmes because his last 11 innings, uh, 11 runs allowed, he's given up a run basically every time he's touched the ball the last month or so. I don't know if it's an injury, if it's a fatigue, if it's you know some sort of mechanical issue. But to answer your question, it's very possible here where they put Chapman back in the closer role. He still throws 99. If you can throw 99 and mm -hmm. locate, you should still be okay. But, boy, that's just not a, uh, a comforting thought to think, you know what, you're up a run against the Astros in a big spot, and here comes Chapman out of the bullpen. That will not end well. Yeah, my guy from Indiana University, Scott Efros, I know he closed the game the other night mm -hmm. in Fenway, but, you know, sidearm guy, he's not what you want as your closer. He's a good setup guy, good seventh, eighth inning guy. but uh, Little be, Jeff Nelson-y. Yeah, sidearm yeah exactly. Yeah. And if he could be Jeff Nelson, then oh, that Yankee bullpen that. looks a lot better Absolutely. than it does right now. What's been the biggest difference for Chapman here? Because when I look at it, it feels like, you know, back in his dominant days in Cincinnati or we go to the Cubs you know in the World Series all it was like he was trying to be he was a two-pitch pitcher or maybe a one-pitch pitcher did he try to expand too much and then he can't get back to what he did his bread and butter the best I think there's a few things I think the spider tack seems like he was a big offender you can really draw a line in the sand between you know pre and post the spider tack wow. he's really you know lost some of the control remember he was a control artist too not only throwing 100 plus but he wasn't walking people right. good command good control um, he certainly lost velocity. I mean, there's a difference. He's still throwing 99. That's plenty. It's not 103. It's not 103. Remember, he hit one, I remember a game where he struck out Brandon Belt to end the game. He hit 105. Wow. And uh, another thing, too, is, you know, even five, six years ago, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but not everybody was throwing 100 five years ago. Now, these hitters, they see it every night. So yeah. 100 is nothing special. And if you don't have anything in terms of a splitter or a slider to back it up with, you know what? These Looks guys, the same. It's, you know, it's the saying. Everyone gets to the big leagues by being able to hit a fastball. Even though it's 99, uh, if it's straight, it goes out just as fast. That's why I got to check out the uh, podcast uh, that Will Hill does here, the New York City cast here on VEASAN. I do want to get to one other baseball game. And I do wonder, gentlemen, when you look at the Strohs, against the Sox today. Not only is it Cease against Verlander, which is right now you look at those the two. two Cy Young favorites right now in the American League. And I wonder how much that goes into the voters' perception when we watch this head-to-head -to -head today. What do you like in this matchup? Are you going to trust those two stud pitchers today? 
every time I look at the AL Central standings, it feels like they don't move. Whether it's early May or the middle <laughs> mm-hmm. of August, seems like it's three teams separated by like two games. The White Sox, you know, they're basically they do everything they can to get out of this race. You look up, they're still only two out. They probably have the most talent out of right. all these teams. Uh, Larusa basically falling asleep in the dugout. I don't know if you saw the clip. Somebody, <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. somebody yesterday told him, "Hey, pinch run angle." Then he pinch runs them. It's like you can't even make it up. It's like a naked gun movie. Uh, but I do like the under. I'm not going to overthink it. When I bet it, it was three and a half an hour or two ago. My guess is it'll close three for the first five. I don't know if there's still three and a halfs out there. I don't have the line in front of me, but I'm not going to overthink it. Cease versus Verlander. Sometimes these big pitching matchups. Look, these guys get up for it too. Yeah. You know, one run or two runs is going to beat you. To me, this is one one after five, one nothing after five. I like the under in the first five. Well, I always hate to do this in a 162 game season to overemphasize one game, but nice win for the White Sox last night mm, on the South one. side. They were down two nothing. They got. Uh, four runs in the bottom of the eighth. This team's been inconsistent all year. Do you think that that's a turning point game for the White Sox we saw last night? I still think, look, if I had to pick one team, I just think they have the most talent. So I would still pick them to win. It's not going to take many games to win it. Uh, Cleveland's an okay team. Minnesota's an okay team. They did add some pitching at the deadline. But I would still go with uh, Chicago to win. Even though Lynn hasn't been great, Giolito's been okay, uh, Cease has been outstanding, I would still go sh- with Chicago, but I don't know how anyone could feel good about it at this point. Gentlemen, second leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs goes back to my old stomping grounds here, the BMW Championship. Uh, you're from New York now, obviously, Will. You like a New Yorker this week, potentially, to get it done? Let's take a little walk down Narrative Street. Last week, we saw Will Zalatoris, a guy from Wake Forest, a yeah. young guy with a rep for not being able to finish. How about another guy from Wake, Cam Young, who mm-hmm. hasn't been able to finish? Seven top three finishes since February. Uh, you know, it's a, a course where nobody's played it. So sometimes maybe, you know, these veteran guys have an advantage where they play these courses before. This is a course nobody's played before. So the fact that Young is a younger player, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the, the fact that there's no course familiarity with any of them uh, plays to the advantage of some of these younger guys. So uh, Cam Young, maybe he's a little fired up here by his buddy Zalatoris winning. Maybe Cam Young gets it done in the 30 to 1 range. And yeah. a small spoiler alert uh, for those that'll be listening to long shots later this afternoon, and we're going to record it later this afternoon. Cameron Young also on my card this week. By the way, this is a big course, Wilmington Country Club, a little bit over 7,500 yards. And when you think long course, you got to go with one of the bigger hitters, that being Cameron Young. And these greens are also massive. The only greens that have been bigger that these guys have played were at the Open Championship in St. Andrews, where you got to be a really good lag putter. And Cameron Young was right in the mix to get that Clara Jug. Did pretty well on the lag putting. So I'm with Will. I think uh, also Matt Eumann's going to be on Cameron Young this week as well. 28 to 1, bet MGM. Pretty good looking number for a guy who feels like he's been oh so close. And as you mentioned, uh, Will Zaltoris breaking through last week for his first PGA Tour will a win. Will uh, great to have you in studio, my friend. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. The best part, I can see Wes in person. I can just ask him who's going to win. He picks a winner every week, so I you know I, <laughs> got another I don't have to wait, this I don't have to wait a... for long shots and just say, hey, who's going to win this week? It's that simple. It's great when you sit right next to him. Hey, give me the winner. Got the answer uh, key right there. Will enjoy Vegas. Great having you on as always. Right, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. There he is, Will Hill. Follow him on Twitter as I do at not the Will Hill. Come on back. Hour number two. Talking to NFL here in the Lombardi Line on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 
2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 